0: Welcome to Kuden, the podcast for self-defense and martial arts news, interviews, techniques, and history. Hosted by Sheehan Jeffrey Miller and Shidoshi Eric White, Shihan Miller is a 13th degree black belt and master instructor of Warrior Concepts International in Sunbury, Pennsylvania. Shidoshi Miller's martial arts career spans over 30 years and has taken him around the world to train with some of the world's best martial arts masters. Shidoshi Eric White has been a student of Shihan Miller's for over a decade. Together, they will answer your questions, discuss techniques, history, and current issues important to you, the self-defense-minded citizen, and the practicing martial artist. Submit your questions by email to warriorc at warrior.com. Welcome back to this
1: next segment. If you've been listening to others, or welcome to this segment of Kuden. Uh, I'm Eric White with Shidoshi Jeffrey Miller. And, uh, you know, if you've been a long time listener of this program, you've heard this in many different iterations. When we started, they an hour and a half and many, many subjects all in a row and now because of technology and time and what's easy to put out on perhaps a more regular basis, we've got these And people's attention span. Yeah, yeah. In fact, I forgot what we were talking about now. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Uh, You know, so that you can get each little nugget of information on each topic in a nice little segment. So, in this segment of Kuden, uh, sir, you're getting ready to travel to Japan for some training. Something you do couple times a year and Again, trips, yeah yeah and these are trips that are just inclusive of your, for yourself in the sense they are and I know you go because you go to train with your teachers but also students get to go i went on that trip years ago as my first trip to japan traveling with you and some other students but i just want to talk a little bit ahead of your trip cuz we'll kind of make this a two-parter and that when you come back i would love to talk to you then as well about how things went but kind of kind of take us through that a little bit from the students aspect of how they can go with you and then what some of your goals on this trip are for your own training
2: oh wow yeah because they've majorly they've drastically changed since the last time I, I went um, this past fall um, so uh, what can a student expect um, what you can expect is to not hang out in nota and just go to class and then go eat and then go sleep and then hang out in – chat with people and then go to class and then, uh, you know, um, so as you will know, whether you go on the trip for a week or a week and a half or the full two weeks that we do, um, it, it is a full schedule, right? So right. not only are we training with Soke and several of the uh, senior master teachers, uh, like the trip already has wired in uh, because I, I never make an assumption about how much training somebody can do Endure, right? That's mm-hmm. a good word for ninja, right? So there's two classes with Soke wired in per week, and there's two classes with uh, one of the senior master teachers. Uh, Strike says they wired in per week. Uh, anything else, I mean, that anything else is not included in the package program because I buy your, I, I take care of your airfare and all that stuff, right? So right. Um, anything extra, if you want to come to class with me or you want to follow me around to extra classes, they're out of pocket on you, and that's fine, um, but just know that if you want to try to keep up, I'm an, I'm an old man. I'm 53 years old. Uh, and, you know, By most people's standards, I'm overweight, out of shape, whatever, right? Um, I do 37 to 40 hours worth of training during those two weeks. So, uh, yeah. well, my training tab, my training bill costs more than the guest house bill. So, yeah. yeah. So, uh, anyway. Um, so... You're going to be doing that training, of course, which is why people go, but it is a full training trip. So what that means is, I already wire in things where you can explore Japanese culture, which you could anyway if you went as a tourist, but I'm going to be taking you to places primarily that are, that are, uh, connected to our historical lineages, right? Yeah. So, the, the, you know, if we do any shopping in those areas or you bump into anything else that's nifty-neato in those areas, um, it's just because we were there, right? So, uh, you know, we're riding bullet trains and all that cool stuff, right? But we're going to Togakashi Mountain, which, believe it or not, more than 70% of the people, I would say at this point, 85 to 90% of the people in the Bujikan have never been to some of these these historical sites.
1: <laughs> yeah, I can, I can echo that sentiment on my last trip in in 2014 when I went and, and I met some people at training at uh, uh, Hatsumi's class and asked me what I was doing the previous day. And I said, oh, I went to Tagakshi and they looked at me with a blank face and said, why did you go up there? Oh, <laughs> Yeah.
2: Well, I don't know. We're going to touch rocks and trees and absorb some of the life. And, uh, see, most of them don't even know that there's a museum there. That's be yeah. they donated what? A boatload of stuff that he got from Takamatsu Sensei that they see in pictures? They don't even know that that's there, right? Yes, that's so, and, and the legend of Togashi and all this stuff that's hidden in parable and all that kind of stuff, right? Uh, it's there, right? So um, yeah, why do we go? Gee, I don't know. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, we go to Kyoto. Why do we go to Kyoto? Well, you know, the, uh, for those people who are training in, in the Nikkyo side of things and they want to get involved in the mind science and all that, right? Uh, there's some Shingon uh, uh, centers down there and some uh, or, uh, I'm sorry, not Hiezan, Tendai centers, right, where we can uh, take folks to do a little bit of historical study. But there is Nijojo, right? Nijo Castle mm-hmm. is right in the heart of Kyoto and it sports, if not the first, one of the first, Nightingale Floors that you will read about if you do any historical reading on ninjutsu, right? uh, The Nightingale Floor was developed actually by a ninja, Hanzo Hattori, right, from the Iga uh, uh, school uh, as a retainer to uh, the Tokugawa's. And um, you've walked that Nightingale Floor, yes? (laughs) So how do you, you know, how do you translate history from a book where... You read about it, but then you get a chance to walk across this thing. And then you get a chance. Then that that can spark, and then that's why I'm there, right? I mean, you can go on your own, but I think one of the things that I offer is, you know, I I let people walk across these things, right, and then uh, I'll ask questions at the end or I'll point out certain little things. Uh, I'll point out uh, not just things that you'll see on the tour or have spotted out, pointed out to you on the tour, but like distances from, from one thing to another and, and how things were laid out, like in a, in a chamber where uh, visitors would have met with the Shogun, right? And, yeah. um, uh, you know, and, and I'll just bring some of this history to life, but uh, one of the questions I know I ask folks once they've been on the Nightingale floor is, right, um, how could you hide your footsteps? If this thing is that sensitive, with ancient technology, which is nothing more than wood sliding across wood or metal, right? I mean, it's, it's pretty cool, right? Um, yeah. How, how, you know, this thing was designed by a ninja to catch ninja. But there's still a way for ninja to traverse this thing, set off the alarm, and still be invisible right, so I give you guys those kind of things to ponder, right, so uh, just all kinds of cool stuff, Uh, museums and uh, the guest house where we stay, because we typically don't stay where most people do, because I find that the conversation, while it's great for fellowship, uh, there's lots of folks that stay where we do as well, and there's still fellowship within the Bujikon, right, but we're staying in a residential area, so people get a chance to see how Japanese people live, right, and the, uh, the guy that runs the guest house, right, is a retired teacher and school principal. As a matter of fact, he ran his own private school for a while. And uh, uh, he and I have these long, deep conversations. And based on our conversations, he's just a researcher at heart. And he's never going to stop learning, right? So it gives him a reason to go and do more research. And then he'll come back and he'll go into this long, historical thing on an inner workings of things that I could only get from a handful of people within the Bujinkan themselves who are researchers and historians themselves um, or somebody who is already immersed in the culture and can share both, here's what we are taught as children and believe as a culture about this incident or these people. Here's how he's seen by the average person and here is what, based on you know, what I've learned, you know, what this guy's learned from interacting with BougieCon people and doing more deep study in the need to, right, here's probably more likely what happened, right? And so I get this thing and then uh, he, he gets these, and you've seen these things, right? Um, they're like a square placard that will have a yep. block, wi- uh, like a woodblock print, right, of things. Right. Well, he, he sends a dozen of these things home with me every time, where they're for the students of the school, and I get this big history lesson, and all of these blah, all these panels are, they're they're all uh, related, right? So he'll go, okay, here's this person, so this is him doing this thing, and here's this other person, and they were actually brothers, but they became enemies, and here's why, right? And and it's this big, long thing, right? Or it might be life in a specific region, and here's why the laws and or the customs developed the way they did because of the way life naturally developed in this area, in this, in this region. Right. And he said, the just a, you know, plethora of information. And because I'm a history buff and I believe that that's important. I mean, yeah. it's the eighth gate in the, in the Ninja no Hachimon, right. Um, learning everything you can. Um, so, uh, you know, that's just a big part as well. So, the trips are full training trips, but don't expect to be doing nothing but nimbletagitute because we've got plenty of downtime, right? So we do yeah. day trips. Uh, you know, if, if, if there's going to be training in the evening, we're up at the crack of dawn or earlier on a train, someplace doing a day trip, and uh, or we'll take a day off of physical training so people can let allow their bodies to rest, which is important, right? Um, and then we'll do a full long day trip where we're up at the crack of dawn and home at midnight or 1 a.m. and we're going to get up the next morning and do it all over again, right? Uh, where we take those two days when we go to Kyoto because it takes, uh, a full two days to do what that little scratching of the circus that we do when we're there. So, yeah. um, yeah, so it's a, it's a pretty deep thing. And so th- this is really not for, uh, the person that's just, you know, they just want to go, they just want to go to NOTA, just go to showcase classes or jump around to different classes uh, because, you know, there's a there's a specific reason why I go to train with the people that I tra- or choose to train with, right? And yeah. it's nothing against anybody else because that often shifts and changes like it did this last trip. So, um, but anyway, that's... Uh, You know, it is what it is, right? But uh, it's also a chance for students to see me in student mode. Uh, If you remember your 2004 trip, the first time you stepped out on the floor, if I didn't say it before we left, uh, before we departed to go, um, first class, before it even started, I said, look, if I don't lean over and and give you a hint or something to help you fix something you're working on, don't come and ask me anything because if I'm not talking to you, I'm trying to work it out for myself. Right yeah. And you know so uh, uh, so they get a chance to see me in frustrated mode and confused mode, and you know that kind of thing, so uh, well we we have a certain perception about tour guides, and I am doing that to make it easier for you to get out into the country and see more and learn more than you could if you just hung out with people who speak English and only go to class. Um, I am there. Training as well, okay. Specifically on their training, I just invited you along. So, so let's look at it from that <laughs> perspective, right? <laughs> yeah. So and I, I you know, I, you know, I mean, I try to help people cut costs as much as possible yeah. because oh, yeah. I do everything. I do everything on a budget, right? We don't stay in tourist hotels. Uh, I get the cheapest airfare that we can find. I try to bundle everything. Um, I do add a little bit for my time to put all that stuff together and all that, but it's not a lot. And, you know, I just, I'm there to help provide access. So um, help to translate things a little bit here or there. Uh, but anyway, so, yeah, it works out really well. Um, it's it's well, a pleasure trip for me, what it is.
1: Yeah, yeah. and that kind of brings me into that second part of the question, and, and that is for this trip, what, what are some of your personal training goals? What are you looking to accomplish on this trip? <laughs>
2: Yeah, my personal training goals, oh, wow. Um, while it has become, what I've found, is become fashionable to now say everybody needs to get back to basics because now everybody's really pushing that, right? Um, uh, hmm. I am doing it, but the people that I put myself in front of Uh, will not do the typical Japanese patronizing of me. And what I mean by that, and you know how this works, there are some teachers who they know that 80, 90% of the people that show up in the dojo, they've traveled long distance, but they've come to mingle with celebrities. They've come for bragging rights, and it's not that they're not there to train, but if they're looking out of the corner of their eye to see if Sensei's watching at every turn, then... Perhaps they're not doing what they say they're doing, right? Um, mm-hmm. So they know this. So what they'll do is they'll they'll teach something, and then they'll just stand off to the side and let everybody do whatever, right? And you'll know the people that they have personally taken under their wing, or recognize as somebody that is serious about training because they'll be correcting. You know, uh, they'll, they'll say something specifically to that person. Otherwise, they'll just go on class as normal and they'll come out and go, okay, what I've been seeing is this, so make sure you're fixing this. And then they'll go stand off to the side again and watch everybody train. And then, you know, so you, you know, you know the process. You've seen it a couple of times. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, uh, the people that I tend to train with, uh, will literally put their hands on me. So they're either using me as the uke, which is something that I just like, it doesn't make me feel warm and fuzzy because the people that I have used me as the uke for send me home with bruises, okay? Yeah. So, and that's soft training, okay? Never confuse soft training with it's not going to hurt, okay? Soft training is about not going out of your way to hurt somebody because if you're doing the technique right, it hurts all by itself, right? Mm. <laughs> you don't have to You do not have to do it, right? So anyway, they, yeah. they send me home with bruises, but, um, you know... How do I say this nicely? I don't spend what I spend to go to Japan for two weeks, twice a year, so they can tell me how good I am and give me rank. I go to Japan to fill up notebooks of things that I do wrong and need to fix and will begin working on as soon as I get back. And you know that's true because as soon as we get back, what are we working on for months at a time in the dojo? The stuff that's in my notebook. As a matter of fact, I do an entire Japan recap seminar when I get back, and it's not about showing off what I learned in Japan. The only thing I teach during those those, um, seminars that I actually teach are things that I think I have my head wrapped around, and they fit the students that are there. Things that I'm still working on and I have no business teaching, no matter how cool I thought it was, they don't get shared because I'm not ready for that yet, right? I'm still in student mode with those techniques, right? So my goals for this time around are to work with a couple of teachers that I, I just, over the years, have not done a lot of work with for, you know, for one reason or another. I just, you know, I had aligned myself with certain people because I had certain goals. Uh, like, Soke has, has always been the, the role model, right? So I want to end up moving like this guy and picking up things, but... I don't get most of what he's doing. And, you know, that's coming from somebody who's, you know, um, has been around long enough to be a 15th Don, but has shucked rag long enough to not be. So let's just leave it at that, right? So he's he's kind of the inspiration, right? I trained with somebody else uh, who was just focused on um, street reality, right? So techniques are very cut and dry. Somebody else that was all about... um, Uh, Form and not necessarily kata form, but specific alignment of the body, angle relative to him and all that. So he will literally put his hands on me and position my body exactly where they need to be until my partner winces or yells out and he says, that's where you want to be, right? And then the other one was all about balance control, mine and the other guys, right? So because I'm focusing a lot on the historical... Where did this technology come from, and why was it developed? Right. Um, that's also led me down the rabbit hole of revisiting anatomy and physiology, and really getting a better handle on this idea of natural. Right. Yes, I understand I'm torquing his wrist, but where am I supposed to be aligned, and how is my hand making? Where, how and where and when is my hand making contact with his? Let's end I'm doing day, right? Um, right so that my hand is in a natural position, catching him naturally, and when I move, my body and my arm or whatever, I'm not distorting anything, so I'm not torquing my wrists or twisting or, or anything like that, and that naturally turns things over, but, when it, but from the time I touch him to the time I lock or break something, he has been taken, and that's something that I just... I don't know, in the last four or five years, i bumped into one or two um, teachers that are just really good at that thing because soft training, to them, fit Hatsumi Sensei's initial intention and meaning behind soft training, not soft touch, you know, uh, no one should get hurt. That doesn't mean you shouldn't feel pain, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, my... my, my um, my one of my goals for this trip with specifically one or two of the teachers who are actually connected. One's a student of the other one. Um, and of course, they both follow they but um, I want to pin down uh, Takeori and the Gyakute, which are just variations of, of Takeori. Because when mm-hmm. these two take you with a monitoring hand, right, when you grab them and they, they take the hand initially, it's yeah. locked. They're not t- touching it and then twisting it to lock it, it's locked as soon as they touch it, mm. right? So I, I've got to get a handle on this one because I can almost do it, but I'm not there yet. So, see, I have very specific goals, not just vague. Yeah, like right. Like anybody that says, I want to learn as much as possible, um, <laughs> really, no shit. Okay. <laughs> but in general. Yeah, right, You right. need to hone it down and be very specific because – General begets general, right? Vagueness begets vagueness, right? So, um, anyway, so that's one, and uh, there are a couple of a uh, couple of teachers that are just more focused on uh, more form and more um, more specific control with the form. And again, these are folks that I've trained with. One I've been training with for a couple of years, but um, two of them haven't trained with a whole lot. And uh, one, I don't know if anybody knows this, but one of our uh, senior master Japanese uh, shihan, right, is actually a descendant of a bona fide samurai lineage. Okay. Mm. So in his classes, when he covers basics, he's not just covering here's how to do a gyakute or whatever, right? Uh, in the fall, we spent an entire class going over sword etiquette. So if you went into a katana shop, you wouldn't be, and these were his words, another embarrassment on the Bujinkan, because you didn't even know how to handle a sword in a shop. Because in a katana shop, the katana, the shop owner is the owner of the swords. He's not just a merchant, right? So it's not like going into a store here or a flea market and going, hey, can I see that, right? And right. they're just they're just trying to sell something, right? These guys are very specific about handling and all that, and they, it, is, it is against the rules for them to allow someone to touch it, touch one of these things that will not be respectful of it themselves or anyone around them when they're examining this thing, right? He went right. through how to examine it, how to properly hand it, pass it back and forth, which um, I had learned it from somebody else and it was close, but he had done a couple of other things with it, um, some things with the uh, the jitte and all that, history of the jitte, how to know an authentic one from one that's, um, you know, uh, a fake, right, mm. uh, where the jitte came from, all that kind of stuff, right? And so that was before we even touched the technique. So if people were there or disgruntled because they were just listening to a lecture and only did a little bit of physical training, then I suggest that they're probably either training for the wrong reasons, or they should probably go to somebody else who just does a whole bunch of demonstration, and so you know they can they can do more of a gym class than they can of actually learning to be uh, a warrior, right? Yeah. So yeah. So my focus is is on these specifics, and um, the other focus uh, after I got back from my from my last trip, um, I just was not because it had been a couple of years since I had gone uh, previously because of, uh, you know, my accident and all that stuff, right? Yeah. So um, my Japanese had gotten more rusty than I thought, and I was just not happy with it. So I actually started on a Japanese program. So this time around, my goal is to communicate uh, at least 50 times, 50% times, fifty better than I did last time.
1: Yeah. Right? Oh, good.
2: Yeah, I'd like to say 100%, but I'm not sure that I'm there yet. So. yeah. Yeah. Uh, and since I leave next Friday, uh, well, you know, I'll shoot for 50%, uh, <laughs> so we'll keep it realistic. But, yeah, it's, you know, um, I go, it's there's always goals, there's always specifics. Um, I was offered rank again last time, and I turned it down because I'm just, I'm not there to collect rank. I yeah. just, you know, does that mean that, you know, there's guys that have been training far less, than I uh, I have or for less years and all that that way outrank me yeah but I don't like I said I don't spend all that money and all that time and time away from family and all that so that I can be patted on the head and placated or patronized and you know left feeling like man I really I really get this when Yeah. yeah no I'm a work in progress just like everybody else
1: right well, I, you know, I wish you a, a great trip, a successful trip, and good training, and I'll be really interested to hear from you on the other side of this when you get back.
2: Yeah, and, and for anybody that's interested in these trips, I, I do have a, a way that you can get on a mailing list that when future trips come up, uh, I send information out to these folks, and you can, you can be on the list and all that. So uh, at, for, the, for the quickie for right now, if you just send an email to, um, what, we'll just do the general one, I guess, Warrior C. That's W-A-R-R-I-O-R and the letter C at warrior hyphen that's the dash, the minus sign, not the underscore warrior hyphen concepts with an S hyphen online dot com and just you know, let me know you want to be on the, the, the list and I'll either if I, don't, if I have the time I'll manually add you or I'll send you the link for going to the page where you can just enter your information and end up on the list. Okay, uh, Simple. Yeah?
1: Yeah, awesome, definitely a trip that you will never forget It's a great time And you'll want to go back again, I'm sure I know I know. I do So, uh, we'll leave it there But definitely look for more of these episodes of Kudin Whether you're getting them on Facebook or iTunes Or however you came to it And share them with people you know who would be interested as well So we can spread this out further So, until next time You, you know me, what I sir. just
2: realized? Before we wrap this up, you know what I just realized? Yeah? What's that? This is the most serious friggin' episode we've done we didn't laugh at anybody. We didn't. Oh, what's up with that? Well, never mind. You'll have to listen to it's the nice next friend. one, and maybe we'll catch you up, and we'll do it twice during that one.
1: <laughs> You'll be all kinds of goofy when you come back. I know that. So that's oh, why we set up for the two parter.
2: And, and exhausted, and absolutely, holy cow! You bet.
0: Thank you for listening to Kuden the podcast for self-defense and martial arts news, interviews, techniques, and history. For more information on upcoming martial arts seminars, camps, and classes with Sheehan Miller, or to submit a question or discussion topic to the show, call 570-988-2228 or visit warrior-concepts-online.com.